When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Glad you're with us. Hopefully headed into a great weekend alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Pleased to be joined by Brent Hubbs and Austin Price from VolQuest.com. They join us each and every Friday as we hit the biggest headlines from Knoxville. Some news and notes from the Orange and White game, plus some huge, huge recruiting news this week as well. Gentlemen, hope you're doing well. Doing great, guys. How are you? We are excellent. Austin, let's let's start with the four-star quarterback for Josh Heupel. What message did that send this week that they they land the guy they wanted? Well, I think it's massive. I mean, you know, I think that they really and, and Brent, I think you would agree with me here. They got the first guy they were able to actually recruit. I mean, when they got here, Ty Simpson had a lot of hay in the barn. They sure tried. The Sam Horn thing was 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 had they had nothing to do with that. Um, so like I don't even count him. So the first guy they actually really, really spent an adequate time to recruit, they were able to land him. I think that was big. And, you know, he fell in love with what he saw in the spring game, the relationships that he has with Heupel and, and Coach Halsley and Alex Golish, you know, something that, that weighed on him heavy. And, uh, you know, he's excited about Tennessee. And I know Tennessee and their staff is excited about landing Taven Jackson because now they have kind of a nice marquee piece to build around, whether it be – in the, with the class as a whole or offensively with receivers, running backs, and offensive linemen. Well, and, and guys, uh, and, and Brent, I'll, I'll kind of ask you this also. Landing the quarterback is big, but especially when they have a teammate like Caden Curry there in, in Indiana. And I, I was surprised reading VolQuest that this league in Indiana is so heavily recruited with some of his competition that the coach even – was interviewed by you guys saying, "Hey, don't uh, don't look at his numbers and think that they're bad because he's not going up against some five seven scrub high school players in this league. This is a very good league with a lot of college prospects. So he's been tested with some good competition, which I surprised me about the state of Indiana and high school football. Well, I think it's you know big city and where he's at is just outside of Indianapolis there and. Uh, that that area has produced good football. It's the it's he plays in the biggest division. His high school coach is a Hall of Famer. Um, I think you know there there are good athletes there, and and there is good competition there. Um, and again, I, I'm with Austin. I, I think this is big because it sends a bit of a message that they can get their guy, uh, the guy that they targeted. Now they'll go recruit another quarterback next year because you got to recruit one every year. But it does send a message. As for his teammate. And we'll see. I know that, that Taven's going to work hard on that one. I think for that to become any kind of a real factor, he's a four-star defensive lineman or defensive end. I think for that to become a factor, he's got to get to campus and see Tennessee. And maybe he'll do that this summer, you know, when, when Taven Jackson comes down. We'll, we'll see. But uh, it's certainly not a bad – it's not bad to have your quarterback recruiting his best friend in high school who just happens to be uh, a four-star recruit who's got offers from most of everybody in the Big Ten. So I've got a spring game question for both of you guys before we get back into the, some roster movement questions. Brent, 
Let's start with you on this one. I know it's difficult to take away a lot from a spring game and a spring scrimmage, but you're watching, and you have to take something away from it. We'll get both your answer on this. I want to start with Brent, though. What was the big takeaway from you watching that team, either offensively or defensively? Well, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that there is an offensive identity, and that is the up-tempo, fast pace, and that's going to be their identity. Now, they'll do multiple things out of it, but that's the core of who they are. And I think when you look at Tennessee the last few years offensively, they've lacked an identity. What, what do you want to be? You know what this team wants to be offensively, and that was my biggest takeaway. I, I think that you know there's certainly tons of questions at all these other positions, but, but that was my biggest offensive takeaway. My biggest defensive takeaway, they need help in the front seven. And, and I knew that going in, so it wasn't a huge shock. But just seeing it live, watching it, my biggest takeaway is you know what they want to be offensively, and that is really fast. Austin? I agree with what Brent said. They're going to take deep shots down the field. I still think they got to find their find their quarterback. I don't think they've – you know, even if Harrison Bailey's going to be their guy, he's got to continue to progress. Or if it's Joe Milton or whoever, that person's got to have a better feel than what we saw in spring. Because I think ultimately, you know, they're going to, try, they're going to score some points, but to – Score enough points is going to be the question offensively. And then defensively, they they got to pray. they got to pray that there's no injuries. Because I do, I do think that there's some talent defensively, guys, some of which was out for spring. I just don't think there's any depth at all. So I think that's where the problem is going to lie defensively for Tennessee is, you know, depth-wise. You know, can they figure out, you know, a two-deep that you feel comfortable with, that if they get an injury and somebody has to – miss a game or two because they tweaked an ankle, you don't go, oh, gosh, that is crippling. You know, I, to me, that's the biggest question heading into fall camp, you know, is, is that, just the depth. You talked about um, the, the degree to which they need to get better at the offense. How complex is it from, from your understanding in terms of verbiage, um, in terms of options, uh, how challenging is it to learn outside of the repetition of it? A lot easier than last year's offense. I mean, admittedly, there were staff members on last year's offense that talked about how Tennessee's verbiage was just way too complex, you know, way, 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 way too complex, and that it really hindered uh, so many players on the offensive side of the ball. And so I don't think it's nearly as complex this year. Um, I think that's why the the kids have been able to adjust and they've been able to – have some success on offense because it's just kind of more, I won't say to it in defensive terms, see ball, hit ball. But at the same time, like, you know, I don't think you're sitting there thinking, okay, he did that send hand signal. So I'm supposed to uh, uh, just can't figure it out. Like that's the way it was last year. I think that that's why there was a lot of miscommunication at times. I think that's why some of those younger kids couldn't get on the field and they had relied so heavily on veterans that had been in the system for a couple of years. Um, I think it's a lot more simple uh, and a lot more simplified than, you know, than last year's offense, which to me is good for, for all kids involved because you'd never want it to be too complex that kids are having to sit there and think through things, Brent, instead of just going out, playing, reading, and reacting. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you know, I, I think that it's one of those things where, um, you know, if you're going to play up-tempo and you're going to play fast, you better you better be simplified in terms of, the communication in terms of verbiage, in terms of what you're reading and adjusting adjusting on if you're going to play as fast as, as they're going to play. So 
I, I do think it's simple. Now, we'll see how it goes in terms of how complex they become and, and, and you know, how different it is from week to week. But I, I think the overall foundation of it is not nearly as complex as we've seen in the past. You guys had a chance to catch up with Danny White uh, at VolQuest this week. I know he made some rounds with the media. Uh, Brent, we'll start with you. First impression of Danny White in the long-form interview that you can read at VolQuest.com right now. And what stood out the most? And, and we'll get Austin's answer on this as well. Well, I mean, from a news standpoint, I mean, the biggest thing is he acknowledged the investigation with the NCAA is not over. And uh, did not really have a timetable at this point. They're still interviewing people. So that was the biggest, I guess, news item to come out of that. Uh, my overall takeaway from it is uh, I think he has spent a good bit of time during the first 100 days trying to understand Tennessee, get a feel for the history, the traditions, um, also examining how they need to up their innovation and be different, um, and they need to up their finances. Um, so. You know, my, my biggest takeaway from him is my perception of him coming in was he was going to be a little bit Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, and, and it was going to be um, kind of he was everywhere and, and he was tweeting all the time and he was challenging and he was he was going after media people or whatever. That's not the takeaway I got. I, I don't think that's going to be his, his M.O. I think he will be active on social media. I don't think you'll see him quoted a ton. I think he's very much a let's let's go to work and, and deal with things. He's got his vaccine. You know, he's been vaccinated now, so he's he's in the bubble, so to speak, and can be around all of his coaches and student athletes more than he could the first couple of months on the job, but which I think is giving him the ability to generate some better relationships on campus than what we saw and what we heard about the first 50, 60, 70 days on the job. So you're telling me he didn't ride in on a unicycle, like leading in a – a, an elephant? What, what, what happened there? <laughs> well, no, I mean, he didn't. I mean, he, he offered me a bottle of water and we sat out on the couch and talked. You know, but the, what my point is, if you said what coming in when he got hired, who is Danny White? The first thing you think about is here's a guy who declared his team the national champions, right? I mean, he declared them the national champions. They had a parade. They had banners. They had you know, and clearly, no offense to him in Central Florida, Alabama's better football team, even though they went undefeated. I get what he was trying to say, but he went way to the extreme with that deal. So that kind of created a persona that a lot of people had and have had about Danny White. I don't think that's the personality of Danny White. I don't think ultimately that's the, the personality of being that guy who's out there generating that kind of stuff that he did at Central Florida. I don't think that's who he is. Austin, you need to be on a unicycle uh, for the next. No, no, he doesn't. After that, that's that's what I take away from this. Well, if he got on a unicycle, he'd quickly be off the unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so, Austin, you can be on this uh, recruiting news. Some roster movement, transfer coming in from USC, possible transfer from Texas. What can you tell us about some immediate help coming to that front seven for Tennessee? Well, they got, they got Caleb Triplett yesterday, uh, who's got one year of eligibility left. Um, you know, really solid player. Um, Tennessee's been looking for just kind of a solid find on the defensive line. There was a, a natural tie there with you know the kicker that transferred from USC. They actually used to be roommates. Uh, Trey Johnson, who works in the recruiting office, knew Caleb from his time uh, working at USC in the recruiting office there. Um, so there were some ties there, and obviously Bayless Jones knew. Caleb Tremblay. Um, as for um, you know, Jawan Mitchell, uh, 
you know, he's got to finish out the semester strong at Texas, got to clear up a few things academically. When that happens, then I think you'll see him, you know, come to a decision. And, and, and I can maintain that I continue to believe Tennessee is in a really good spot there. Austin Price and Brent Hubbs of VolQuest.com. They've been our guest here on Outkick 360. Guys, thank you as always uh, for the update. Full hour next week, and thanks for accommodating us on uh, the day after the draft here. Hubs, thanks for getting dressed up for us with the well, collared shirt and yeah, everything. Really really? Yeah, here's is that the, Peter Millar? And, and, but, but I, no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I don't get to see you guys today. I mean, I have no idea. You guys might be in, in sweatshirt, sweatshirts and footage yeah, we can't see you. today. I mean, we have no idea what you guys oh, really? have oh, going we look on good. there. We look so, terrific. Oh, I guarantee you, you look terrific. Oh, you did you get a haircut, Paul? Did you get a haircut? No, haircut day is uh, Monday morning. <laughs> Lance and Jacob are so disinterested in today's show that they didn't even turn their light on for us to go to them. So they certainly aren't turning video on for you guys. They're feverish. Yeah, they're mailing well, it in. Next week, next week, we'll get back to that. All right, what are the Titans going to do at 53? Is it an edge guy, an offensive lineman, or a wide receiver? It's got to be one of those three spots, Rece- right? I say receiver. I hope it's an edge guy, but – Obviously, don't know. I I would I'm say gonna, wide receiver, and uh, we're about to get into that. We you guys can stay on and listen to this if you'd like, but I. Uh, yeah, but you can't gonna, see us. Yeah, I, mean, I can't see you. I'm going to go big guy, and they're going to take a receiver in the third round. That's my prediction. There you go, big guy what like Trey, know, Trey Smith, big. No, well, I mean, oh, I think could, could be an offensive Barmore line. Big? Could be an offensive lineman. Could be a, an, an edge guy. One do you of the think? Two. Do you think Trey Smith and Josh Palmer are gone tonight off the board tonight? I think, no. I think both of them go in the third round. Okay. Oh, no, nice. So they are. Okay. That's my guess. Austin said, and I no. won't be, I won't be shocked. I won't be shocked if Palmer's the first one taken between the two. Seems to be his stock seems to be solid. Palmer. Gentlemen, thank you. So Thanks much. a lot. We'll talk to you, you next week. Thanks, guys. Brent Hubbs, Austin Price, there, VolQuest.com. They've been our guest. Uh, so let's get into it as we wrap up the show uh, for round two, pick fifty-three. Guys, as I look at the players available, uh, they, they need a behind-the-ball linebacker. Jabril Cox from LSU uh, is one I circle. I, I, I can't help but think of last year how much we talked about Christian Fulton in the first round and finding value for where the Titans were in the second round and really coming in and thinking, we were discussing this guy in the first, he was available in the second. Is that guy this year Aziz Ojolari? Uh, from Georgia. I, I, I throw those two out there. I mention uh, those two because I'm not going in that direction. <laughs> Deami Brown, Paul brought him up in a an exercise we did earlier this week, wide receiver from North Carolina. And I hadn't watched much of him whenever Paul put him on the screen. But I went back afterwards and watched him a bit. The guy is a home run hitter. I believe eight of his touchdowns in college were for 40 yards or more. Um, there is the potential home run strike as the third wideout within this offense that I think they they could be in some some great position for at 53. Deami Brown is who I want for the Titans. I want Ojolari. I'm going to go with the – I wanted Christian Fulton in the first round a year ago or the second round. He fell all the way to the second round, and he was there for the Titans. I'm hoping against hope. I don't think it's going to happen. But my fingers are crossed that Aziz Ojolari, for whatever reason, drops to the Titans in the second round, and they go that direction. Jason Lloyd on Twitter, where you can always interact with us at Outkick360, he agrees. He says wide receiver is so deep 
I feel they should wait and take pass rush in second. Ojolari, Basham, Osai, maybe, whoever's hmm. there. Of those three, I like that plan. I like all three of those guys, but I'm going Ojolari. I'm intrigued by Carlos Basham, but I'm going Rondale Moore, um, who I think is, is not that far off Elijah Moore, who I think is going to go pretty early tonight. Though maybe everybody's wrong on him. If he's there, automatic. If he's not, Rondale Moore. Moore or Moore? Elijah Moore is the other example of Ojolari from last year. Right. If right? Lasted, like that, yeah, your first-round guy lasting to the second-round pick. And then uh, the city of Nashville's throwing a parade for John Robinson again for, for the draft hall after the first two well, rounds. Well, it's another thing where it plugs right into what I was saying early. The, the media sets these expectations for months and months and then convince ourselves that them they're getting a first-rounder in the second round where the only reason we think he's a first-rounder is because we told ourselves he was a first-rounder for four months when actually yeah. the draft tells us he's a second-rounder. You know what you're going to hear a lot of tonight on the draft? Oh, my God, the speed. The speed. <laughs> the speed. Watch this. Watch the film come no, on. The like, speed. So last night this was all about, oh, this is a great fit. You know, first-round pick. Second-round pick great is value. all about first-round value. Great value. Can't value. believe he's available as yeah. we begin day two. And then the third round is maybe a bit of a reach, but he wouldn't have been there if they waited to the fourth, fourth round, round for this you guy. You can't wait another That's round. the description. They really wanted him, so you have to take him now. Right. Um, also, something else you'll always hear on this show and I'm glad the camera's on me right now, <laughs> names. We name names on this show, and people like to fool around and joke with us and act like Clay Travis is our daddy. Clay Travis owns this company. He's our boss. He never tells us not to say a human being's name or reiterate a name at any point. We say the names we want. We talk about what we want to talk about. I am so thankful for that, and I feel bad for those that can't say names because their mommy and daddy tell them not to say a name. And that is my parting shot. Bang, bang. <laughs> I, I thought that any... would be capped with you saying a name. No, they know who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but I don't get it. You just did a whole big thing about we name names, but then you didn't name a name. He's, Titans he's... Radio can't say our name because they're told not to. There's the name. That's what I was looking for. And that's pathetic. I'm sorry. And we... it's not for anyone that works there. It's because the people telling them not to. And that's pathetic. Yeah. Good. Uh, they don't like garages. Was that okay, Paul? Yeah, that was excellent. Can I take this earpiece out now? You may. You, you may. Appreciate We're out of here for the week. Uh, have a great weekend. Um, Claire and I are headed to Chattanooga. So I'm headed to T-ball well, tomorrow. Uh, T-ball game? I got Big baseball. Time. and The left lane is for passing only. Baseball and Orthodox Easter. Yeah, don't get in his way on the way there. We, hey, we've had a terrific week. We appreciate you being with us. Practice this weekend. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks. Dad's acid. Bang, bang. No, you don't get the end. Bang, bang. <laughs> don't block the box, do lock the lock.